How are you this morning? You doing good? All right. There's, there's, always, there's, yeah, there's always hope. Amen. Uh, keep hope alive. That's something I always tell you. You got to keep hope alive. Um, guys, I'm really excited about uh, this morning, uh, about what we're going to be doing. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, um, the thing that I'm excited about is that, um, first of all, I feel like the Spirit of God is trying to bring something deep today you know, to, to our hearts and to our spirits. You think about you know, Chris Wade's talking about you know, contentment, and that's something that you have to really reflect and ask yourself about that. You hear about you know, the sharing that, um, that Barbara did as well. It's just something deeper. Um, and, um, and, and, and this morning, we're going to be talking about the Christian counseling. Uh, because last week, we, uh, there, was a, there was a Christian counseling conference that some of us went to. And I'm really excited about it because, um, one, it's, I feel like it, it's, it's a step towards being able to meet our needs more. And, um, and I hope that this be, becomes uh, an annual thing where, you know, the week after the conference happens, we're going to be able to get a chance to hear and listen to some of the participants that went. And so you're going to be able to hear from about six different uh, uh, brothers and sisters that were there today. And, um, and, and I really want you to be able to take it as, you know, what are the spiritual nuggets that they're bringing to us today? And I really want you to open up your heart and your mind to see what is it that, that, that God wants to uh, tell me today. And, um, but before I, I, we get that going, let's look on over to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5, because I'd like to share with you, why is this so important? Uh, why is this so important to me? As, and uh, why, you know, why is it important for us to, to be able to talk about this stuff? And um, before that, uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, how many of you guys like swimming? You like swimming, right? I love swimming. Uh, how many of you uh, like swimming in deep waters? Wow, really? That's pretty awesome. You know, it's like, you know, like that, you know, I am not one. Like, how many of you don't like swimming in deep waters? Yeah, I do not like swimming in deep waters. I remember swimming. Um, we were at uh, Isla Mujeres down in, in Cancun, and we decided to go swimming. And, uh, you know, that clear water, you can see how deep <laughs> that water really is. And it's, it's, when you start swimming in deep water, it's overwhelming. I felt just overwhelmed by, you know, by the depth. And... And in it, you know, caught me by, by, by surprise. And, and I don't like swimming in deep waters either because then the waves just kind of just carry you on out, right? And you're like, wait, you know, you don't even realize where you're at. You don't realize how far you've gone away from where you started. And, uh, you know, deep waters can be scary. And, um, and deep waters can be really uncomfortable, and uh, we, can, we can look at that, uh, that analogy of physically swimming, but there are some deep waters of our hearts as well, is there not? Amen. Aren't there some really deep things within us? And let's look on over to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, because this is what it is talking about. Proverbs chapter 20, in um, verse 5. And I said it again because I have to get there. Okay. It says there, um, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. You know, um, the Amplified Version of, of this verse says, the counsel, uh, counsel of a, uh, of a man's heart. You know, what, what do you need to, to, to counsel a heart? You need a counselor. 
you know, and 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 to me, this is real. This this topic is so important to me because there was a time in my life where I just felt like you you, you got to these points and you're like, I was seeking a transformation. And, uh, you know, when you think about transformation, I first of all thought about a, an external transformation. First, I thought it's like, well, you know what? Uh, can any one of us lose a little bit more weight? Can anyone else, you know, build a little more muscle? You start thinking of the physical, the outside transformations. You start thinking about the things that you want materially, you know. Um, but, but God had a different plan for me, and he wanted me to go through a transformation on the inside. Isn't doesn't God first, where does God want us to start on, first of all? On the inside. Right? It says you got to clean the cup, you know, from the inside first. You know, and we have to focus in on things that are just, that are deep within our hearts. And what I found was that, you know what, I really needed a man of understanding, of intelligence, of, you know, you look at, I heard, I heard, uh, you know, uh, Barbara's story, right? And how it's like we could be enmeshed with family members or enmeshed in ministry. And I was at this conference and they said, yeah, they're talking about differentiating a healthy independence. And Barbara's t- telling me, it's like, you know, there's a word for that. That's called differentiating. And the opposite of that is called you're being enmeshed. And it's not healthy, you know, to be enmeshed. You have to have a healthy, in, a healthy independence. And so they're talking to us as ministers of how we don't need to be all enmeshed in, in ministries the whole, it's our whole life, it's all we do and everything. No, there has to be a healthy independence, a differentiating, right? Okay, but when you're open with some of these things, you know, you need a man to bring things out in you. And, 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 and this man, you know, um, and so I sought out some, you know, some Christian counseling because we were going through, a grie- uh, our family was grieving the loss of our adopted kids, right? It was a failed adoption, so we sought out some grieving counseling. And it was, it was a very humble thing for me to, to, where I just was so humbled, not humble, humbled, you know, where I was like, you know what? I can't help my family. I can't help my wife. I can't help my son. I'm hurting. I need help. Will you help us? You know, and, and this man was is just a man of understanding that had to, you know, share and, and knew how to bring things out. That led to grieving counseling, led to marital counseling, that led to personal counseling, and it's led to a transformation of inside of me. Because I think when we all really start looking at it, don't we all have some unfinished business on the inside? And that's what I started realizing. It's like, wow, some of these these things that when I was a child or when these things happened to me and I wasn't able to fully express my emotions because we can't. You know how that stuff gets all bottled up in there. And that shapes you. And that makes you start acting differently. And all that, all those tears that I should have cried when I was little and I didn't, they ha- I had to cry them. But it took somebody of understanding to swim in some deep waters of my heart. And a man of understanding to ask me to know what he was doing, to lead, my, to lead me into this scary place, this uncomfortable place where I could very easily just have wandered and feel a lostness. 
and he's brought some healing into my life. Now, I love God because he's not, he's into salvation, amen? And he is into healing. Bummer part is that when you get saved, it doesn't necessarily mean you get healed. And healing is a process that we have to go through. But Jesus, when he said he went around, he says he went around, you know, serving, helping the poor. But he said he went around teaching and preaching and healing. And I asked, I have to ask myself, Edgar, I love the teaching and the preaching of Jesus. But am I as committed to healing as Jesus is? You know, and are you as committed to healing as Jesus is? And Jesus wants to heal us. You know, and we have some unfinished business that God wants to finish up. You know, at our last marriage retreat, um, there was uh, the, the presenter was talking about how marriage is God's healing program. And I thought that totally makes sense to me because, you know, what's part of it that's healed me has been that I've been allowed to be who I am in my hurts, and that, you know what, I've needed Dawn's unconditional, loyal love to really be there for me. And it's been so healing, and, and, it's, and I've fallen in love again with Dawn because we were in these, these sessions where there's just a lot of vulnerability. And I've needed that, that I needed her, uh, uh, her loyalty and that love to love, you know what I mean, to love me through through uh, my hurts, through, through, through my weaknesses, and being open with what's really hurtful inside of me. And she needed that. And so when the guy said marriage is God's healing program, I, it really made sense to me how God really wants us to persevere and hang on there in our marriages. Because sometimes we go through stuff and we want to quit, when it's actually something that's being brought out for healing, not for destruction, not for division. You know, and so I, I really understood that. And so uh, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3, and then I'm going to have um, our brothers come up here and sisters share. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3. It says there, uh, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. What an awesome passage. By wisdom, a house, a family, a relationship, your life is built. Any of you need wisdom? You know, like, I love James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, ask, and I'll give it to you without finding fault. And so you think, well, what area of your life do you need wisdom in? Ask. Ask God. In all, in all, in every, what, what room of your house, of your life, do you need wisdom? And he says, ask. It's built, the foundation, the solid foundation. And through understanding, it is established. You know, I think for me, counseling is not about people telling you what to do. Counseling is about bringing you to understanding. First of all, understanding of yourself. And in that process, you're able to understand what others are like, beginning with your spouse and your children. It's understanding. And God's character is for us to be men and women of understanding. In Corinthians, it talks about when Paul is saying 
you know, uh, we went through, we were, you know, uh, sleepless nights, we worked hard, we commend ourselves in these things. There's a word in there that we miss out on. It says, and understanding. We are to commend ourselves as children of God, as men and women of understanding, as equal to as hard work or any other conviction. And through this knowledge, the rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. You know, it just makes your, your, the, the, your quality of life so much more better, where you can say it looks different. It's rare what you have. It's beautiful what you have. You know, when Jesus talks about life and the Bible talks about life, it's just not talking about dead or alive. It's talking about a quality existence of your life. The quality existence of your relationships. You have a purpose. You have a mission in life. You're not just living. It's full of life. It's full of quality existence. And so for me, counseling has become very Christian counseling because I've been to other counselings. Then, you know, I, I was like, run away. And so you have to, you know, be wise. And always remember that Jesus is the wisdom and the power of God. So you always got to be focused on Jesus. You know, don't swing the pendulum. Okay, but you have to know, you know, and that's why to me, Christian counseling is really important to me. And so with that, guys, uh, we went to a conference. If you can show the, the, um, the slide, uh, the conference was called Inside Out. It was a two-day conference, and I loved it because there was three different tracks. There was a pastoral track, and uh, there was a uh, professional track, and then there was a track for, general, uh, for a general audience. Okay? And you can see some of the, uh, the speakers and the classes that were, that were there. I'm not going to go through them for, for time's sake. But um, so what I've asked is I've asked uh, some of the participants to come up here and to share, uh, you know, three to five minutes, you know, what it is or three minutes right now, you know, uh, what it is that they got out of, you know, um, out of the conference. OK, so can we give them your heart, Amen. your mind to be able to like that? So we're going to have um, uh, first we're going to have Maria Zabetti come on up and then uh, Lexis is going to be sharing Kelly Morris and then Larry and Latrice. All right. And with after them. I'll go ahead and uh, um, say a word of prayer, and then I'll do announcements, all right? All right, let's, let's go ahead and give our attention. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I uh, definitely really enjoyed this. Uh, I, I've actually, last year, went to the first uh, Christian Counseling Conference, and it was amazing. Um, for myself, I think um, one of the, the things that I really enjoyed about the conference was just the family feel. Obviously, we're all disciples, but it was great to be able to know that other disciples were uh, counselors as well. And um, I, I, for myself, really um, enjoyed just being able to talk with other uh, disciples that were counselors and get their, their understanding of how to help others. And for myself, um, one of the things that, that really in the one, many many of the classes were great, but one of the classes that for me was really helpful to continue to remember and to practice was the um, class where um, both the Michael and Mary Shapiro spoke on taking care of yourself first. And myself as a mental health professional, uh, it's so easy for me to be able to want to take care of others all the time and focus on others and not really take care of myself, not really make sure that I'm, I'm doing well myself. And uh, one of the things that, for me, that, that struck me um, was one of the scriptures they shared in Exodus, and I'll read that to you now. In Exodus 28, it says, Remember the Sabbath day 
By keeping it holy, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor daughter nor male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And when I read that scripture, I was like, wow, you know, it was just so convicting for me to, for me to really hear this scripture because I, I'm used to being a workhorse, really. I grew up that way. I grew up seeing my own mom uh, work 16 hours a day. And so I thought that that's what I had to do is to continue to work and work, work, you know, but hardly the rest was not there. And so, um, for me, it was just so uh, convicting to to really not only hear this scripture, but also really think about how how the Shapiros had talked about um, how God really would have, if he really wanted us to work 24 hours a day, he would have made us, our bodies, that way. But he didn't. He didn't make our bodies to work 24. He, he, he had this in the scriptures for a reason. You know, he made a point because to really put a time of rest in the Bible because it is important. Uh, and it's the way that we can be able to re- regenerate and kind of get back into really being able to give to others in a more effective way. And uh, I've noticed that for myself, that what's one of the things I started to, to do. And not only that, but one of the other important things that he mentioned, um, that they mentioned was uh, having friendships and making sure that, you know, that we're, we're being we're connected to others because that is uh, such an important, um, uh, I'm almost done. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, so one of the things I wanted to mention was that they had uh, talked about a study that talked about um, how maintaining close relationships led to a healthier diet and increased engagement in work activity. So that one really encouraged me because I thought, okay, this is, this is definitely what I need to focus on. And so I'm just really thankful for uh, conferences like this that helped me uh, as a mental health professional to remember those very important things. Thank you. Amen. Hello, I am not Lexus, I'm Kelly. Okay. And just as Edgar said, uh, both Dave and I attended this conference. And uh, we attended because we wanted to understand how Christian counseling helps with being a disciple. How does it fit in our lives? And maybe we can learn some tricks to help other people in our, in our fellowship. So the first session was Friday night, and then we were there pretty much all day Saturday. You know, but I found opportunities to explore my own personal healing. I was able to connect with disciples I'd known for many, many years, And I found the conference to be a safe place to explore my own personal issues without being judged. After all, these are, you know, Christian counseling professionals. They can't judge me, all right? I like that. Um, The session that impacted me the most was Family Wounds in the Healing Process, led by Larry Wong. And I appreciated how he talked about theories because I'm not, you know, a counseling professional. I'm just a regular old person. Um, and he used his family as exa- an example. So there were two points that he talked about is the types of family wounds and then healing from those wounds, allowing God to heal. 
So there, when we talked about types of family wounds, you get wounds from your family of origin. So my family of origin is my mom, my dad, and my two sisters. And then there's wounds within your family. So that would be Dave and I, which, and our two daughters, and even our granddaughter, too. So your family of origin and then your current family. So I'll give you an example of how you are interact with your kids and how that could impact your kids. So in case you don't know, I have a company where I teach people how to ride a bike. I do kids and I do adults. So I'll have somebody call me, like I have this one guy call me and he said, um, we can't teach our five-year-old twins how to ride a bike, so we need you to come and teach our kids how to ride a bike. I don't know why they can't ride a bike. I can ride a bike, my wife can ride a bike, but we need somebody because they are just not responding to our counsel on how to ride a bike. And, you, and I'm thinking, just listening to you, I kind of understand <laughs> why your kids aren't riding a bike because in order to ride a bike, you have to be relaxed. And this guy sound really wound up, you know, type A. And, okay, remember, they're five-year-old twins. And he said, well, how long is the lesson? I said, well, you know, probably about an hour, but they're five. They probably won't last that long. I'm going to book you for two hours. I want you to instruct them for two hours. And you're going, uh, uh, five-year-olds, they're not going to last that long. Mine will. Mine will last for an hour. Uh, I'm going to pay you for two hours. So I get there, and the kids are, like, really anxious, um, and it's funny because the little girl is anxious. The boy is more of a daredevil, like more like his dad. And so the two kids reacted very differently to the instruction. And one of the things I do is when they're young children, I like to sit and talk to them for a while before I get them on the bike. And the dad is like, you know, you're wasting my money. You're wasting my time. I'm like, how old are you? Are you in school? Who's your best friend? Why do you like them? And then the kids start to relax a little bit more. So they know that I care about them before I put them on a bike. Okay, guys, guess how long those two kids lasted before they had a meltdown? 50 minutes. They did really well. At 50 minutes, the little girl said, I'm hungry. And the boy, he just started crying. He just, he just couldn't. He was so stressed out, he couldn't take it anymore. And he went in. I mean, the guy still paid me for two hours. But I could kind of see how how the dad was with the kids, impacted the kids. And there were twins, and you could see they responded very differently to this type A high-pressure dad that they had. Um, and then about two hours later, the dad sent me a video of the boy riding a bike. It's like, we were successful that day, even though you didn't stay the whole two hours. He is riding a bike. He did thank me. but So that's kind of an example of how your parents are, how you are in your family, can wound you, and you don't even know it. Here are two kids that acted very differently to who their dad was. And Barbara, I'm glad you brought up moms, because my mom was super, super extroverted. She was a serious party animal. She loved people over the house. She loved to entertain. She went out to party. And basically, I'm an introvert. I don't like doing all that stuff. That stuff drains me. I'd rather stay home and read a book and relax. And my two sisters were just like mom. So they were always out, 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 go, 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 and dragged me along. And I'm dying. I'm dying. I can't stand this. And my mom's like, what's wrong with you, my sisters? What's wrong with you? So I kept getting the message that there's something wrong with me. 
How do you heal from that if you don't even understand? That's why it's important to explore the wounds that your family gives you. We may talk about trauma, addiction, abuse, but there's other things that we do to each other that wound us that you don't even know. So wound, healing from wounds, allowing God to heal us, there are some points that I'll just go through real quickly. Um, and one of them is, do you want to get well? I get the message. <laughs> Definitions of healing, the definition of healing, self-awareness leads to healing, help from others, and build bridges of connection with the family. And the scripture I want to share with you is John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And that includes healing. Thanks. Good morning, everybody. Y'all know how I feel about counseling. I'm one of the biggest advocates for counseling. I've gone through counseling for multiple years. So we're going to move past that because I got a lot to say in three and a half minutes. So the part that really uh, I wanted to talk about was I went to the professional track. Um, I'm a certified drug and alcohol counselor, and I also help counsel youth as a part of my job. Um, the class talked about helping people change physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And the main point was change is the journey and movement towards the goal of understanding, well-being, health, growth, maturity, wellness, betterment, progress, and wholeness. So change is a journey. It's not the destination. We'll always be changing. One of the scriptures they used was in Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And talking about how that includes our emotions and our thoughts. Um, the funny thing, though, was further on in there, they use the scriptures from Mark, Luke, and Matthew, all that talked about the same thing Deuteronomy talked about. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. But in the New Testament, it included with all your mind. And it struck me, it stood out to me, like, why would God include that in the New Testament and not in the Old Testament? And to me, what, what I gathered from it was that from the Old Testament, they were bound by the law. So the, all they had to do was practice the law and keep to the law, and it was good. But in the New Testament, it's changed to loving God through freedom. Christ came to fulfill the law. So it wasn't about just keeping the law. And so with that, there had to be a mind change, you know, in how am I loving God? And to do that, you have to address your mind because there was a lot of things they went through through the Old Testament and even living up to the law. So... One of the things um, I asked was, how are we moving forward going to help the church as a whole, our church, heal from the trauma we've gone through as part of the ministry and how it was in when we talked about pre-letter days? There was a lot of trauma that went on through that. And so in helping people change model, there were seven uh, points that they went through. One was realize the root issue, two was remove the blockage, recognize the motivation, restore the strength, reimagine the mind, re-experience the emotion, and then recreate the spirit. 
So in Realize the Root Issue, it says to deal with the root causes, not the symptoms. That's what I've seen a lot of us do as a church. Mold the symptoms out, but not dig the root of it up from its core. The trauma that we've endured with a lot of stuff that went on in our church. Then you remove the blockage. Overcome the obstacles to grow and, heal and wholeness. Secrets make us sick. Process the problem and get rid of the defense mechanisms, including the denial, regression, acting out, disassociation, compartmentalization. We have done all of this as a church in different areas and different aspects. And so when I talked to them and asked them, so how are we gonna have a, how are we gonna be able to address the church and help them understand that we have dealt with some trauma? Because a lot of us go through denial or we go through compartmentalization where we just put it over there. Oh, that was the letter stuff, but let's get back to God. Well, when you put things in one area and shut off one area of your emotions, everything shuts down. We are not built to be able to just say, oh, I'm not going to deal with that hurt or this hurt. Um, I'm just going to look forward. We harden our hearts to everything. And so we have to bring that stuff to the surface in a healthy way because then the re-experienced emotion replace unhealthy emotions with healthy emotions. And that's my time. I'm about to wrap it up. Um, with that, we have to be able to go through individual healing, through counseling, and go through church healing also with the professionals that we have in our ministry to help us to process that and not keep trying to just mow over the, root, mow over the weeds that are going on, but really dig deep to uproot those things. So the last thing I'm going to leave you with is Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and going after changing and healing so we can do that together as a church. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to read the scripture before my wife and I share. Uh, in Ephesians, I'm sorry, Romans 12, starting verse 6, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. It is to encourage, then give encouragement. It is, if it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. I'm sorry, giving, give generously. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So we were really excited to have the opportunity to go to um, this counseling workshop. Uh, we are not counselors by profession, um, but just in being in the ministry and having a leadership role in the ministry, um, it was really exciting for us to get a chance to see, uh, just to piggyback on what Lexus was saying, how we will move forward, how we will help. And so the session that I want to share about was called How Counseling Can Be Beneficial to Our Ministry. And it was Mike and Mary Shapiro. And the thing that hit me about um, their uh, session right off the top was they were willing to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, it was an open conversation, real talk, real issues. Um, they admitted some things right off the bat that the ways we had done things in the past hurt people. And in seeing that we the hurt had happened, the ways that we were changed and doing things were having things like the very conference that we were at. Um, for me, it, that, that admittance right away helped me know that this was a safe place. 
um, one of the things that they said right off the top as well was, do you remember a time when we would say as a church there was no divorce in our congregation? We were wrong for saying that. And that was like, okay, so we are actually being real here. We're actually talking about real things. Um, And so uh, every church, so the scripture that my husband read uh, was kind of the tie for this whole session. And it talks about every disciple helps build a church. But because we have um, mental health professionals, uh, they're able to see individuals and patterns that are starting to happen to be able to help those individuals that can come back to help the church. And so just for us, um, just being able to recognize and work together to really integrate um, mental health profession, mental health conversations as healthy conversations are really a kind of a bird's eye view in looking into the patterns and things that we're seeing around the church, addressing them and moving forward with them. Um, I know in um, African-American culture, sometimes when things happen, we want to compartmentalize things or talk in a whisper voice. You know that girl down the street. And so we don't really want to talk about those things specifically. Um, but Mary shared um, just to, that we need to take a look at patterns, patterns in our church, patterns in the community, and patterns in our family. And one of the patterns that she spoke of in our church was that she started to see women that had been in leadership and in the ministry coming into her office, and they were stressed because of trauma that they had brought in as becoming a disciple, trauma that had happened to them as a child. They were abused. They were in an alcoholic home. They Whatever the background may have been, and once they became disciples, they never dealt with it. And that was um, something that struck me personally of being able to take a look at. And once you became a Christian, kind of leave it all there and God will take care of it. And so being able to confess it and to know that it's happened. um, And for me, the first time some of that stuff ever bubbling up to the surface, not leaving it there and knowing that with help, God will take care of it and we'll be able to reach back and help others. Um, And so for me, the takeaway was that everyone is responsible for their own mental health and that we have got to give people um, some opportunities to make some decisions about that. And that was what I've decided is to actually take a look and make um, a choice and a decision to heal from some of those things as well. So thank you. Cool. I know uh, for me, my uh, my thoughts on it was going there. I know some of the things that was going to I can relate to or was going to hit me, but I was looking for just to, some tools just to help where I can. But uh, was I in for a rude awakening? Mm-hmm. One of the um, the things that stood out to me first was when it was said. I mean, I liked all the classes that you're responsible for your help getting your help. Because I know, like for me. I like to help others. I will go out of the way of helping others before I help myself. And I find happiness in helping others. But when it comes to uh, my happiness, I'm not really cool with it. Like if somebody encouraged me, I can take it. Those of you guys who know me, when you do it, just watch me and help me with it. It's hard for me to accept it. Like when I graduated from college uh, recently, People say congratulations, good job, but in my head, I'm like, it took me 22 years to do it. You know, so I'm constantly in battle of fighting 
to receive love and accept it. So God didn't make us that way, and that's not normal. So during this conference, it's calling me to sit down and go back and find out when this started happening. And that right there was just, it was tough. I was like, okay, you know what I'm saying, this is real. And I really had to deal with, once I accepted that, I started, I think God felt it was the right time for me to remember some of the things that happened in the past. Which is, you know, I'm, I'm ready to deal with it. And a couple weeks before this conference, it was a family member who introduced me to drugs and alcohol before I was even in elementary. And we was at this event. Uh, my high school had a, they do this annual uh, barbecue. It's about 1,500 people there. And he was there, and I seen him. And as I've been getting older, it's been tough for me just to want to love him. So when I seen him at the event, because a lot of my aunts and uncles graduated from, graduated from the same hospital, I mean, uh, high school, when I seen him, he walked up to me, and the first thing, he was like, man, I hate you. And I'm like, man, I had a two-piece you right here in front of everyone. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I'm like, man, you, you don't remember what, you know what I'm saying, you didn't brought me into as a kid. So I'm like, hey, man, Lord, uh, let me just chill. And he was already a little, uh, little drunk. And you know how when, when there's people there and there's drinking, sometimes something happening. Amen. And I was like, okay, something's going to happen. Then part of me like, man, if somebody do something to him, I'm going to have to do something to them. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, why do I feel this way off somebody who tried to hurt, you know, just do me like that as a kid? And I've wrestled with that, you know, and I was like, okay, it's time for you to get healed. It's time for you to deal with things that stunting you in your care. There's certain areas in me that I'm still an adolescent. I'm not mature when dealing with certain emotions. And I see that it's time for me to stop running and to accept it. And uh, one of the things about the weekend that, like they said, it was a safe place to be open with how, how you feel and what you're dealing with because you're not alone. So that, that was the, the, the impact of, uh, for me over the weekend. Um, in order for me to be to where the scripture said, love others like you love yourself, love your brother like you love yourself, how can I do that when I don't love myself? So um, it, was, it was a great, great uh, weekend. Uh, uh, I pray that you pray for me. Uh, it was a lot of things that came up with people with their sharing. And we know Satan is an accuser. And he uses all that to keep us from being our best with God. So uh, please keep us in prayer. Pray for me in those certain things. And I, I love the help. Thanks. Guys, did they do great? That was awesome. Let's go ahead and uh, thank them for sharing their hearts and being vulnerable. Um, guys, I just want to encourage you before, uh, before I say a prayer and then I'll do some announcements is, is that... Uh, you know, it's healthy to seek counsel. You know, get help. You know, I think if, if you can relate to something that somebody said, you know, it's okay. You know, if you can relate, go up to them and just, just let them know. Um, you know, and I want to just really encourage us all to let's seek the rewards of healing. 
You know, let's let, let's be imaginative of like, you know, once once I overcome with the help, you know, what is what what is the new you that's going to uh, what do you look like? You know, so so have some imagination with that as well. And so with that, guys, let's go ahead and say a word of prayer and then I'm going to do some announcements and then we'll be dismissed. OK. All right. Um, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, God, so much for today. Father, um, thank you for speaking to us, God. Um, Father, from uh, the welcome all the way to now, God. Um, Father, I pray, Father, for healing for us, God, for those that are, that are hurting, God. Um, Father, I pray that we could all walk away with some hope, God. Um, Father, thank you, Father, for that uh, website, God, DT Connect, Father, where it connects uh, Christian counselors of our churches, God, with our members. Father, thank you, Father, that the, uh, the, our, church, our family of churches are sensitive, Father, more, much more sensitive now, God, to the need. And, uh, Father, we just want to be the best for you, God, and we just ask you that you'll give us the wisdom, Father, open up the, the paths, Father, so that, God, whatever areas of our lives are not healed, God, that, we would, uh, that you would show a light, God, so that we can go and get healed, and, Father, and become even uh, better, Father, for you, and give you all the honor and praise, God, and that you would use us, God, to be a light, Father, even more so, God, to others. We just thank you, God, and express our great need of you, God. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.